listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I want to read to you from the end of Matthew 28, what we know as the Great Commission. Jesus is giving them the Great Commission. And, um, and I, want to, I want to read that to you because there's a passage uh, here. There's, there's a phrase that Jesus says that is so vital when it comes to experiencing uh, the move of God, even in present day. And so I want to start reading with um, verse 18. So we're in Matthew 28 and verse 18. And the Bible says it this way. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority is in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And that's the end of the book of Matthew. So just a few verses, but I want to focus on them because they're so extremely important when it comes to a move of God in our churches and in Christianity today. You say, well, what's the story? Why are so many churches not seeing revival? Why are so many churches seemingly dead in the water? Uh, and this is, this is where we're going to uh, start uh, today is this Matthew 28, because there's something I want you to see. And by the way, welcome. If you're just now jumping on, welcome. Take a minute, please share this broadcast because this is so vital, so vital before Jesus comes. I want to point out what Jesus said here. First of all, verse 19, this right here is so powerful. Catch it. Go therefore and make disciples. Stop right there. In fact, I just want you to put in the comments today, make disciples, make disciples. Wow. Congratulations to Caitlin Laval and Mike. By the way, if you're on, they're on YouTube. Well, uh, congratulate them. Eight years of marriage today. Congratulations, guys. Congratulations. We love you. So look at what Jesus said. I want you to put it in the comments. Make disciples. Make disciples. So powerful. Make disciples. Notice he did not say make converts. He didn't say that. It's one thing to make a decision for Christ. It's one thing to get saved. It's another thing to become a disciple of Christ. Discipleship. It's a whole nother story. It's one thing to be converted. It's another thing to be discipled. And so I want to focus on this part for a minute. There, one of the reasons that many churches do not ever see uh, supernatural growth, one of the reasons that they don't see a move of God, one of the reasons they just seem dead in the water is because they have missed the instruction of making disciples. This is so key. Discipleship was Jesus' plan. That was Jesus' plan. That's, that's not a man-made plan. That's Jesus' plan. Make disciples. So what, what do you mean by that? What's, what's the difference? Good morning, Ted and Ashley. What's the difference? Well, the difference is this. Uh, many people will, you might even have somebody come to the altar and be saved at your church, but there's nothing that's available for them or to them to become discipled, to become a disciple of Christ. Thankfully, many churches are, are, are catching this and doing their very best uh, with next steps classes or, uh, you know, discipleship classes, covenant classes, whatever they may call them. But let me tell you, just being an evangelist that travels from church to church and does crusades, one of the things I can tell you is that after 20 years of doing this, I got so tired of going to church after church that did not have anything prepared uh, for the new believers when they got saved. I said, you know what? 
We're just going to develop our own discipleship system because one of the things that we want to be able to do is have our fruit remain. We want our fruit to remain. I don't want to go produce fruit somewhere and then the fruit dies on the vine. I want the fruit to remain. And so I said, you know what? We're just going to create our own discipleship program so that we're not losing any of these believers. And so what we did, and you guys know this because we've even made it available to you if you want to use it uh, with friends that you're seeing saved or whatever, but we created what we call what's next. And um, we use it through our television broadcast. We use it if we're uh, online like this broadcasting, we use it when we go to churches and people are getting saved and coming to the altar. We use it there too. But all we did, we said, you know what? We're going to create the discipleship classes. We're going to record the videos. We're going to give them the information and put them through the program so that even if other churches are dropping the ball, we will still have a way to uh, disciple these new believers because it's a command of Christ. Make disciples of all nations. Make disciples of all nations. And so that's, that's the goal. One of the things we see happen sometimes is that churches have no way to make disciples. It's very sad, but it happens often. I'll give you some stories. I wrote story time. So I'm, I'm going to give you some stories from the road. I was in a church one time and uh, pre preaching a revival there. And in the morning service, it was Sunday morning, in the morning service, preached and um, the altar call, we had a great altar call. We had people come to the altar to be saved. And so we had, you know, let's say we had 10, 12 people that morning because it was a very small church. It wasn't a big church. And we had maybe 10, 12 people answer the altar call to be saved that morning. Well, I prayed the prayer of salvation with them. And then after I prayed the prayer of salvation, uh, we said, amen. I'm looking around and there's no ushers there. There's no altar workers there. Uh, nobody, nobody came to talk to them at the altar. There was nobody with anything to give them, no Bible, no, uh, nothing to fill out so that we could stay connected with them. Uh, none of that. And so uh, I looked around and because there was nobody and there was nothing, I kind of looked at the pastor and he's just kind of nodding his head. It's like, what? And so after we prayed the prayer of salvation, uh, basically they all just returned to their seat and went back and sat down. And that bothered me. And I thought, this church is not doing anything to follow up on these people, to disciple these people. And so we went out, uh, morning, Brother Jeff. We went out to lunch afterwards, the pastor and I, and as we were sitting at lunch, uh, we said, I noticed that today during the altar call, there was, uh, there was nothing done with the new believers. You know, nobody talked to them. Nobody gave them anything. Nobody filled out any information. Uh, they just kind of returned to their seats. And this is what the pastor said in response to that. He said, oh yeah. He said, listen, if they're meant to come back, they'll come back. That's act, that was actually his response to me. Oh, if they're, if they're meant to come back, they'll come back. I thought, oh my Lord, this guy is not doing anything to follow up. And then he said this, to, as if to add insult to injury, <laughs> he says to me, plus, if I'm not the one preaching, we don't really count it. I said, what? I'm thinking to myself, what did he just say? He said, yeah if, I, yeah, if I'm not the one preaching when they get saved, we don't really count the salvation. I thought we don't count the salvation. So in this pastor's mind, it doesn't really matter if they get saved in his church. If he's not preaching, then they don't count the conversion. But on top of that, his whole uh, thought process on whether or not uh somebody will end up being discipled is that the Lord will take care of that. <laughs> if they're meant to come back, they'll come back. If they're meant to plug in, they'll plug in. I thought this guy is out of his mind, out of his mind. And you wonder, say, well, I wonder why churches aren't growing. Well, when you have a strategy and a, uh, and, and a, uh, 
an idea about discipleship that is totally contradictory to scripture, well, of course you're not going to see uh, anybody plugged in, anybody discipled, anybody being raised up. You're not going to see it because you're missing the command of Christ. It is not go into the world and make converts. It's go into the world and make disciples. That's the key. Make disciples. And so I thought, oh my goodness, I can't believe that there's nothing happening uh, with these new believers. Um, You can see here, um, uh, I believe Tiffany's putting this in the comments right now, that if you'd like to uh, even make use of our free discipleship program, it's not just something that, that we use, you are welcome to use it at any time as well. So if you have friends that, you know, they have questions, maybe they just got saved and they have questions about salvation, or maybe you're winning people to Jesus and you want to take them through a discipleship program immediately. You see, we can, we put the link in the comments. You can go to miracleword.com forward slash saved, saved. And when they go there, we can get them connected right in. I believe we put together 14 videos where we answer questions. They're short videos where we answer questions that new believers need to know. What does it mean to be a new creature in Christ? What does it mean? What is faith? Is it important to pray? How, how often do we pray? Is it important to, uh, you know, attend church? Uh, how, how, you know, is it important to give? What all these, all these things we understand as Christians, new believers need to understand them. And so we've put it in your hand, like a free resource to use whenever you want. And so, uh, if you want to go to miracleword.com forward slash next, you can see that's the online course where people can get, jump right in and start in on those videos and it won't cost them anything and it won't cost you anything. We do it because we want to see people discipled like Jesus said in Matthew 28. And so what I've noticed is that, you know, literally around the world, uh, we see people that their churches could be growing, could be flourishing, could be seeing a mighty move of God, but they don't even have basic systems in place to facilitate these new believers when they're coming into the kingdom. And it's a massive mistake. Did you ever ask yourself the question, because uh, people say, well, I don't, I don't know if all that's necessary. Did you ever wonder how they knew exactly how many people were getting saved in the book of Acts? Did you ever notice that? On this day, 3,000 were added to the church. 5,000 were added to the church. And how did they know? They had a way to count them. They had a way to go and see who is actually being added to the church. People say, well, you know, I don't believe in altar calls, brother. I still believe in them and we still do them because the Bible says, if you'll confess me in front of men, I'll confess you before the father. So Uh, I understand that that passage of the scripture may not be speaking specifically of altar calls, but the gospel calls you to a public decision. The gospel always calls you to a public decision. And what I tell people in our services is, if you can't serve the Lord in a room full of people that want you to, then you're never going to do it in a world full of people that don't want you to. And let me tell you something, sadly, I've gone to churches as an evangelist and uh, preach as I normally do, maybe call people out, give them a word, and then uh, give an altar call for salvation. And when I do, I'll hear it from the pastor afterwards and say, man, brother Ted, I'm, I'm so happy you did that. And I've heard this multiple times, but do you know you're the first evangelist we've had into the church in years? that gave an altar call for salvation. And I say, hold on, what, what did you say? Yeah, you're the first evangelist that we've had in years that gave an altar call for salvation. I told one pastor, I said, then you didn't have in evangelists because <laughs> evangelists go after souls. They go after the lost. And one of the things that uh, I kind of took this, this phrasing from my uncle, evangelist Tiff Shuttlesworth, but camouflage altar calls produce camouflage Christians. I want you to put that in the, in the comments. And if you're not quite sure how to spell camouflage, (laughs) then just put camo altar calls 
produce camo Christians. Camo altar calls produce camo Christians, camouflage Christians. You know, nobody, you know, you don't have to lift a hand. You don't have to come to the altar. You don't have to do anything. Just, you know, acknowledge this in your heart, right? Where you're sitting. No, no, the gospel calls you to a public decision. That's it. The, the gospel calls men and women to a public decision. Chad said, we left our church just for the reasons that you are discussing. It's, it's actually uh, very alarming to see in churches that there are no altar calls given and there are no follow-up teams and follow-up systems in place. And so as a result, you sit there and think, well, what are we doing? How are we reaching people? If the gospel is being preached, and that's the other thing, is the gospel even being preached? Because I'll tell you one thing that's important to remember is that everything preached from the Bible is not the gospel. The gospel is a very specific message. It is the birth, the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus. That's what the gospel is. That's, that's the gospel message, the birth, the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ. That is what Paul was talking about when he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation. So that's the message Paul was referring to. And many churches don't even preach on against sin or preach holiness or preach righteousness or preach that you got to come to Jesus. Everything just simply is a feel good self-help message. Well, that doesn't help anybody. That doesn't bring somebody into the kingdom of God. And so get this camouflage altar calls produce camouflage Christians. If again, let me say this one more time. If we can't serve Jesus, in a room full of people that want us to do that. How are we ever going to do it in a world full of people who don't want us to serve Jesus? Let me tell you, we're living in that day right now. It's an anti-Christ system at work and they do not want us standing for what is true and what is right. Well, if we can't, listen, if we can't do that in a room full of people that are applauding us and praying that we come and give our life to Jesus. What are you going to do when you get out into the world and everything is opposing you? The culture is opposing you. The government is opposing you. Everything, your school system is opposing you. Everything is. What, what are you going to do at that point? With all that resistance, are you still going to serve the Lord? It takes a true strong backbone to serve the Lord. It takes people that don't care what others think. Well, how do you get, how do you get to that place? Discipleship, discipleship. That's how you get to that place. You learn to be discipled in Christ. I'm going to go on further here in Matthew 28, because I got some other things I want to share with you. Some other stories. Um, listen to what he says, baptizing them in the name of the father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Now look at verse 20. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So that's huge. That's huge right there. That, he didn't just say, uh, make disciples. Did you notice this? Two verses later, or one verse later, I should say, he gives us the definition of what making disciples looks like. What does it look like to make disciples? Jesus told us, he said, teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. So here's the question. If you're, if you're wondering truly, and I, I do want you to write this down and I do want you to put it in the comments. You say, well, what is a disciple? A disciple is someone who emulates the disciplines of his master. That's what a disciple truly is. It is someone who emulates the disciplines of his master. You say, uh, give me an example. All right. I will. I was watching, uh, a movie <laughs> actually on Netflix. There's a series of movies 
and maybe you've seen him. It's Donnie Yen playing a character called Ip Man. I don't know if you've seen that or not. You can throw a hand up in the comments if you have. He, he plays a character called Ip Man, and that's what the movies are called, Ip Man. And uh, Ip Man was uh, an actual person in history uh, who lived in China, and he was a kung fu master. Uh, and, and he actually developed his own uh, version or, or style or discipline of kung fu. And um, this guy was a very humble man, but he was a master at this art and discipline of Kung Fu. And um, no one could beat him. No one could defeat him. And he later became the one who trained the famous Kung Fu star that we all know, Bruce Lee. And everybody knows Bruce Lee, but most people don't know Ip Man. But Ip Man is the one who trained Bruce Lee in that style or that form of Kung Fu. And so watch this. We look at Bruce Lee and say, man, he was, he was a Kung Fu master. This guy, we remember things like the one inch punch and all these other things that Bruce Lee did. But what we fail to realize is that all Bruce Lee was doing was emulating the disciplines of his master. No one could, no one could defeat uh, Master Ip in China. People tried, people would come to his house. People would literally come to his house at dinner time and challenge him and try to spar him, but they could not defeat him. So he had disciplines in place that brought him victory. Watch this now. He had uh, disciplines in place that brought him victory, but he was also able to transfer that knowledge and those disciplines to Bruce Lee which made him such a, an amazing uh, fighter and Kung Fu master. So notice this, all Bruce Lee was doing was emulating the disciplines of his master, Ip Man. And, and that's the key. It's that, that, people don't realize this, that's a form of impartation. Impartation's not only a spiritual thing, it just means to transfer something from one thing to another that was not previously there. For example, if you run outside and kick a soccer ball, you just imparted force to the soccer ball, which set it into motion, right? It was sitting still in the grass until you, with all of your strength and force, imparted force to the ball. And when you imparted force to the ball, it caused it to go in a certain trajectory with momentum. That's all impartation is. It is a transfer from one thing to another of something that was not previously there. So it doesn't matter if it's wisdom. You know, not all impartation is spiritual. Now there's spiritual wisdom, but there's also natural wisdom. When a parent trains up their child in the way they should go and is teaching them things even in the natural realm, that is impartation. I am giving you wisdom that you didn't previously have, which is gonna help your life, even when you're young. Don't touch the stove, it's hot. Don't stick your hand in the toaster, you know what I mean? That is imparted wisdom, imparted wisdom. Discipleship functions exactly the same way with natural and supernatural impartation. Natural and, and supernatural impartation. So Jesus is already saying, notice something, I've already uh, taught you disciples. I've already taught you. I've already imparted to you. I've already shown you how to live. Now, as you go out to the nations and make disciples, now uh, teach them to observe and do all that I've commanded you. So he even tells them how he wants it done. He said, listen, I want you to go out and actually show them how to emulate my lifestyle. That's discipleship. That's discipleship. Well, you can, nobody automatically knows what to do when they get saved. Nobody automatically knows what to do when they get saved. They need to be taught. They need to be trained. They don't know how important it is to be faithful to church and church attendance. They don't know how important it is to pray on a daily basis. They don't know how important it is to read the Bible every single day. They have to be taught. 
They have to be trained. And so they've got to be imparted to. He said, make disciples. There's wisdom that's transferred. There are spiritual gifts that are transferred and used to build others up. The Bible teaches that. The apostle Paul taught that. And so we have to learn that people need that training. They must have that training. And so uh, I'm blown away. I see so many times where there's nothing in place to do that. Well, I'll go a step further with you. Uh, I was at a place one time preaching and um, I, I, we were in the middle of a great move of God. Really were in the middle of a, a, a mighty move of the spirit. And one night we went out to eat afterwards. The only thing in that place that was open where, where we were holding revival was, was McDonald's. <laughs> so we went to McDonald's and I sat there with the pastor and I said to him, uh, now again, this was a different church than the other one I told you about. I said, now pastor, this is wonderful. I said, what God's doing right here at your church, what we're seeing happen, this move of the spirit, this revival. I said, this is wonderful, man. People were coming in from all over the place. And the church was packed out and people, I mean, it, I was like, man, this is wonderful, pastor. He said, yeah, I'm loving this. He said, I'm absolutely loving this. God's moving. I, but then I asked him a very pointed question. I said, what are you going to do to ensure that this continues on? Or even that these people are connected successfully to your church. And he said to me, because I asked him specifically, what plan do you have in place? to ensure that this is going to continue on or that these people will be connected to your church and stay plugged in and be discipled. And he kind of started to, you know, furrow his brow a little bit. And he's just kind of thinking, he said, well, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a necessarily a plan. He said, I'm hoping that the youth group will start really having some good youth services. And then maybe uh, the young people that have come in will, will get connected in the youth group and maybe it'll bring their families into the church. I said, pastor, that's not a plan. That's not a strategy to say, I hope our youth group starts having good services. That's not a, that's how do you follow that plan? If I was going to give that to, to volunteers or people on my staff, how would we follow that plan? I would say, well, how many know we're just hoping the youth group has good services? Yeah, what's the, what are the actionable points and steps to take to make any of those? That's not a plan. That's not a strategy. And I, I was blown away because once again, had no ability to follow people up. You know, one of the things we're seeing in churches a lot today is that you might have visitors. In fact, for many churches, the problem is not getting visitors to come to the church. Many churches will have visitors but the problem is getting people to stay and stick in your church and be plugged in. Well, the issue becomes many people don't have any kind of a plan, any kind of a strategy. But the reason I want to talk to you about this, because I know that many of you that are watching me, you're not, um, you know, you're not pastors. There are some pastors watching me, but many of you that are watching me are believers that attend churches. You say, what, what could I do? To, in, to ensure that, that we help people get plugged in. There is, there is something you can do. There is some, I'm going to give you an actionable step today in this broadcast that's actually not just going to help your church. It's going to help you as a Christian, as a believer. Um, uh, and that's true, Pastor Jeff said, there, there are many in ministry who need the help. And that's why I'm doing this broadcast. It's not to slam churches and it's not to slam pastors is to show you what you as a believer can do uh, to help this situation, even in your church. Well, one of the things you could do is you say, uh, I, and in fact, I, I do want you to write it in the comments and you could put uh, action step, but here's one thing you can do immediately. I can take it upon myself. Now listen, let me preface by saying, especially, especially if your church does not have a very intuitive uh, follow-up program or discipleship program, if it's not in place, and that's, how, that's true at many churches, then take it upon yourself to say, you know what? 
I, even though I may, I may not be on the altar team or the greeter team or anything like that, after the service is over, I want to personally connect with these people that have been saved at the altar. And I want to make a personal connection with them and find out what they may need. You know, do, do they understand the decision they made? Do they need a Bible? You know, do, do they need, um, do they need anything personally? Do they need prayer? You know, and make it your business to say, you know what, though our church may not have it set in place, I want to kind of become like a, a personal follow-up uh, to help these folks. I mean, obviously with your pastor's permission, but I, I want to be one that helps them, you know, let them know, Hey, do you know, one of the reasons people leave church is because they'll come a few times, but they have no connection with anyone in the church. Uh, they kind of still feel invisible. If you would be the person, go learn their name, go talk to them, go pray with them, go say, Hey, listen, do you have a Bible that you can read that you understand? Uh, if not, can I help you get a Bible? Can I, can I help you? Do you need prayer for anything in your family? Are you believing for anything? I would love to be able to pray with you. I'd love to be able to stand with you in prayer. And, and I'd, I'd love to just be a, a prayer partner. I'd like to connect with you. You know, is there anything that you're believing for? And then, you know, understand, let them understand you're cared for here. There are people here that love you. There are people here that want to see you succeed, that want to see you grow in your faith. There are people here that want to see you uh, uh, be equipped to fulfill your calling and your purpose. There are people here that are rooting for you. And so you, you can connect with those people personally and say, you know what? I'm not just going to go home and get my lunch after the service. I want to take a few extra moments to meet these people and to talk to them and to let them know we love them. We're glad they're here. You know, what's interesting. Uh, it blows my mind how many churches have things in place uh, for, to make sure there's no distractions, but nothing in place to follow up with people or to even make sure that people are connected with. You know, I've talked to people say, man, I went to that church three weeks in a row. Not one person spoke to me. <laughs> now listen, that's, that's real. That's real. Somebody told me this. They were trying out new churches in an area and they said, went to this church and went three weeks in a row and no one acknowledged, no one even spoke to me. They said it was like I wasn't even there. <laughs> I, I went to church and it was like I wasn't even there. Now, that's not the main reason we go to church. Obviously, we go to church to worship God. We go to church to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit and to be taught the word. But another reason that we come together and gather in church is to strengthen one another. The Bible says in Proverbs 27 and verse 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. One of the things that should happen when we come together is that we are encouraging one another in the Lord. In fact, go with me quickly to Acts chapter two. I want to show you <clears throat> this. This is mind blowing to me. I will show you. Um, uh, Pastor Jeff said before I knew my wife, she went to church for six weeks and never talked. Never. She was never talked to one time. Now that's a major dropped ball. That's a major dropped ball. People, people need to be cared for. People need to be encouraged. We don't know what people are, are dealing with and going through, but people need to be encouraged in the Lord. And so Acts chapter two, I want to show you what made their church grow. The early church Acts chapter two and verse 42. Let me start there. Acts two 42. Listen to this. And they devoted themselves. This is the new believers. And they devoted themselves. In fact, let me read you the verse before so you know who we're talking about. So those who received his word were baptized. And, there were, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. 3,000 souls on the day of Pentecost, right? So then we go on to the next verse. Those 3,000 people and they devoted themselves to what? to the apostles teaching and what was next though? And the fellowship and the fellowship. I want you to put this in the comments, teaching 
and fellowship. Teaching and fellowship. Well, what else? And to the breaking of bread. And prayers. Look at that. So there's multiple things. And prayers. And awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. Powerful. So notice that. Teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, prayer, signs and wonders, all things in common, distributing, making sure there were no needs, attending the temple together, breaking bread in their homes. Look at that. Praising God. And it continued, their number continued day by day, the Bible says, verse 47. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So notice that pattern of the early church, teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, prayer, attending the temple faithfully, making sure needs were met, breaking bread in their homes, praising God. See, these were principles that caused the early church to grow at an unprecedented rate, unprecedented rate. And so what is it? It's, it's our understanding that it's not just showing up to a building. There's gotta be something where we're not just being saved. We're not just being discipled, but notice this, there is the apostles teaching. So we are receiving teaching at church, but what about the fellowship? What about the fellowship? My grandfather, he was so funny. He used to say, I love to fellowship and I love all the fellows in the ship. <laughs> I love to fellowship and I love all the fellows in the ship. And so, <laughs> and so uh, it's, more, it's more than just sitting in a, in a seat and taking in teaching. Remember something. We're the family of God. We are the family of God. We are called to strengthen and encourage one another, build one another up in the faith. Hallelujah. That's why Paul said that we're not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. What a foolish thing for people to make all of their relationships outside the church. That's, that's foolish. Don't make all of your relationships outside the church. Don't make your relationships at, you know, at, at, at your workplace where people don't even serve the Lord. And then you're like, hey, would you come out with us? Come on out with us. We're going out to the bar after work. Would you want to come hang for a while? Well, I'll come, but I don't really drink. Why are you linking up with people? doesn't mean you can't love them. doesn't mean you can't witness to them, get them saved. But my relationships are going to be faith-based relationships. I want to have relationship with people that are going in the same direction that I'm going. That's the whole point. We strengthen each other. We encourage one another. Let me tell you, though people may have a smile on their face, more people have uh, something going on in their life than you would realize. There are many people who are in desperate need of encouragement, and they absolutely are. Desperate need of encouragement. And did you know that God will use you right off the bat to bring an encouraging word to someone? I've talked to people before. And um, as I'm talking to them, I'll start to just minister to them, just in talking, you know, encouraging them. And people start to break down and cry. We started like a normal conversation. We started just smiling, talking, joking a little bit. But then as I began to talk to them, and as I began to uh, uh, minister to them, they'll just break, because you don't even know. People are dealing with stuff. And they need a brother in Christ. They need a sister in Christ who is able to come and just minister to them, even in a fellowship context. I just want you to know I love you. I want you, is there anything you can you want me to pray for? Anything you need me to stand with you on? You're, you're just knowing you're there for them to stand in faith with them as they're dealing with what they're dealing with. And sometimes, you know, we can be so consumed by all the things that are going on in our own lives that we miss out on the fact that others are in need of a touch from God. And it's possible, in fact, it's very probable that God's going to use you as his vessel to minister to somebody else. Amen. And he will because you're anointed. You're anointed. God has put his anointing in you. That's the Holy Ghost. And you have the ability to do what the Lord's called you to do. You make an impact 
in the kingdom. And I'm telling you, one of the things that I see that if we could just get this, it would, we would see so much of a move of the spirit to just know not only are people being saved, they're being plugged into our churches and the church is expanding and the church is growing. Why? Because notice all these people on the day of Pentecost, 3,000, they weren't just first time visitors. They kept coming back. Notice they, the Bible says they were added to the church. They were added to the church. They weren't just first time visitors and we never saw them again. And they got their little visitor bag with a pen and a bag of Doritos. We know that they were added to the church. And then the Lord continued to add to the church such as were being saved. So notice this, it's the elements that I told you before. It's not just teaching, it's fellowship, it's breaking of bread, it's meeting needs, it's praising, it's praying, it's attending church together faithfully. These are the things we see that blew the early church up, expanded around the world. The devil couldn't stop it. Governments couldn't stop it. Wicked people with wicked uh, systems and strategies and plans and agendas couldn't stop it. No, it was God's plan. And so I want to encourage you with this today because you are truly God's hand of blessing on the earth. He uses the body of Christ to touch the world. That's who you are. And so imagine, even if you're in a place where maybe they're not fully even staffed yet or have enough volunteers to make it happen. So you know what, pastor, take it, take it upon yourself as a personal challenge. Pastor, I would love to be the one that helps you with follow-up on all the people that are being saved and all the visitors that are coming to the church. I'd love to help you. Say, so, well, that would take time out of my schedule. Yes, but it's worth every second that you spend as you are seeing people added to the kingdom of God and discipled and discipled. You know, one of the reasons we made this program free, uh, our what's next course is because I know pastors that they don't have the resources right now in their church to have volunteers teach and they don't have the time to teach a separate class and do things through the week and they, they just don't have it all together yet. They're still growing. But you know what I told them? Why don't you just take our materials and set up a room in your church and put a TV up and just connect it to the website and then just play our videos. You're welcome to just take the content Play it. Let it be a blessing to the people in your church. Let it be a blessing to your new believers. That way you don't have to come up with curriculum. You don't have to come up and film your own videos or take time out to teach a class. Just put on what we've made and put it on for those to, those to watch their short videos and use it for your own church. And they, I've had multiple pastors that have taken hold of that and are now using the what's next system. And so let me tell you, it's, it's helpful to have these tools but you know what people truly need is a personal connection with someone else that will help them. A personal connection with somebody else that will encourage them, speak into their life. Notice that there was always, God was always putting people together in scripture, Moses and Joshua, Joshua and Caleb, Elijah and Elisha, Paul and Timothy, Paul and Titus. Paul and Barnabas, Jesus and his disciples, Peter, James, and John. People were being connected together. And those people that were being connected together, that's for a purpose. God doesn't expect us to do it on our own. God doesn't expect us to go out and just literally feel like we're a lone ranger in the kingdom of God. No, he gives us brothers and sisters in Christ that will help us to do what we're called to do. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, that this is a time for the church to flourish. Jesus is coming soon. Remember this, you are anointed. In fact, I believe it so strongly. Now, I want you to put it in the comments today. Every person watching, I am anointed. And sometimes, let me tell you, this is something the devil will try to fight you on. So you're not anointed, you're a mess. Look at all that you've dealt with in your life. Look at all the crap you've come through. No, I am anointed in Jesus name. I am anointed in Jesus name. And so I want to, I want to encourage you today. You've got all that it takes to, to encourage another brother and sister to raise them up and to, to pray for them, to encourage them, to keep them on track. God will, God will use you in a mighty way, a mighty way.
to see people discipled, added to the kingdom of God so that they're not just, you know, one and done. We never see them again. No, connect with them. And I'm going to pray. God's going to put a new uh, urgency and a hunger on our hearts to see people not just saved, discipled, discipled and added to the church. It's time like never before to see our churches flourish and grow with new believers being added to the church uh, before Jesus comes back. So I, I want to pray for you today. I mean, maybe you're listening on the podcast. Maybe you're watching me on a replay or live. I want to pray that today the Lord would put a fresh hunger in your spirit, a fresh desire to see people disciple and say, Lord, use me. When I, when I was growing up in youth group, we used to sing a song. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. That's our prayer today. So father, we come to you in Jesus name and we thank you that you called us out of darkness and that you are using us. I pray that you would give us a compassion for people, a love for those that are coming into the body of Christ, even a love for those that are not yet saved to preach your gospel, to win souls. But Lord, as they're being saved to disciple them and to set them in place in the kingdom of God, where they will not be shaken. They will not be moved. Thank you for every one of your anointed people that are watching today. And I ask you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that you would use every one of us by your spirit supernaturally to do what needs to be done to see people quickly added to the kingdom and being used by God themselves. We can multiply ourselves, Lord, and we thank you for that. We give you praise for that. Lord, give us wisdom. Give us the words to speak. Let us be in perfect position to strengthen these and to sharpen these that we meet. Let us be in perfect position. Give, bring things to our remembrance. Give us the words to speak. Empower us and use us in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. I love you. If you receive it, if you believe it, throw some fire in the comments section. Let me know that you're standing with me today. And I'm going to give you an opportunity today. On this Monday, don't forget, we're in revival. And I want you to be a part of what God's doing through Miracle Word Ministries. We're on television now in 180 nations of the world. We're preaching live crusades and revivals all over this nation and in other nations. And we're broadcasting around the world and seeing people saved even through these broadcasts. And if you've never considered partnering with us, I want you to consider it. Standing with me and Carolyn as we are believing to see God shake this nation and this world one more time before Jesus comes back. Say, so, well, what I could do seems insignificant. I actually had somebody say that recently, called our office and said, you know, I'd love to stand with Ted and Carolyn, but I just kind of feel like my offering doesn't mean much. That's not, that's the devil telling you that. It means something. If it means something to you, it means something to God. And so people say, well, I don't know. I just don't think my offering is that significant. If it means something to you, it means something to God. And so, uh, what could you do on a monthly basis to stand with us in partnership? Maybe you can sow $50 a month. Maybe you can sow 85 a month or a hundred a month, whatever it is that the Lord allows you to do. Step out by faith and do what takes faith for you. Start where you are and watch how God will increase your life. Watch how God will increase your family. It'll be supernatural to see the increase that hits your life. What are we confessing this year? It's our year of divine possession. This is our year that will go where we've never gone. We'll do what we've never done. We'll have what we've never had in Jesus name. And it's already begun. Got so many wonderful testimonies already. I should do a broadcast where we just share testimonies because it's exciting. God will do the same for you. And so I want to encourage you today, start where you are. And so here's what you do. Go to miracleword.com and click the partner button. Or you can simply just go to miracleword.com forward slash partner. You can see that everything we're doing right there. Fill out the form. Stand with us. And let's believe God together for souls to be saved and lives to be totally changed before Jesus comes, before it's too late. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something. God will bless you for doing it. Uh, I have some things that we want to bless you with this month. Those of you that are sowing... If you're sewing at $85 uh, a month this month or, or, or any month, we want to send you in the month of July, Brother Hagen's book, How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God. And then for those that are sewing largely $250, we're 
We want to also include with that E.W. Kenyon's book, The Blood Covenant. And then we have people that'll sow, you know, $1,000 or, or more in a month's time. We want to include on top of those two things, my favorite study resource right now, the Net Study Bible with 60,000 translators notes. And so we want to connect with you uh, and we want to make sure that you are also blessed. And so send us your testimonies. I want to hear from you. One of the ways that we constantly hear from you is via text message. And if you didn't know, it really is me sending the text messages to you. And when you text, it comes directly to my phone. And if you'd like to be connected with me via text message, all you have to do is go to miracleword.com forward slash text. Very easy to do. Miracleword.com forward slash text. And when you sign up on that form, it puts your information right into my contact book in my phone. And then we can stay connected via text message. I've been sending out voice messages where I'm praying for people because uh, they just added that feature where I can actually send you a voice message and pray for you and, and just stay connected. I love getting your testimonies. I love being able to hear what you're believing God for. In fact, today I'm going to be contacting uh, those of you that have prayer requests. You've been speaking to Jenna and I've been getting your prayer requests from her. I'm going to send you a message today and let you know that I am spending this week praying for you as well. Um, we love you, Lisa, very much. Um, the reason I say that Jenna's been contacting, we've got the Victory Tribe Homecoming Weekend that's coming up October the 28th and the 29th. We are so excited about this. It's going to take place in Allentown, Pennsylvania, where we are going to be coming together Friday night for a Holy Ghost service. And then Saturday the 29th, we have a partner brunch where we've got some amazing announcements that we're going to share with you about what God is doing at Miracle Word Ministries. This next season is going to be intense. I cannot wait to see all that God does. So that's why Jenna's been calling you. We want to make sure that you RSVP so that we can host you appropriately and so that you feel appreciated, you feel loved, but you have the very best experience possible. Again, I'm in Tomball, Texas this week at Tomball Assembly of God. We'd love to see you and uh, we're, we're live. So because we're in central time, many of you are in, in Eastern, but uh, our services are live Monday through Wednesday at seven central. So we'll be going live at 8 p.m. on the East Coast, just so that you don't look at seven and be like, how come they're not going live with the service? It'll be 8 p.m. on the East Coast, six, or excuse me, 7 p.m. central time. And so we'd love to have you live, but if not, tune in. We'll be live on all platforms, preaching the gospel. I love you guys, man. Thank you for hanging with me today. Again, I'll be back with you all week in the morning here on the broadcast, 10.30 a.m. Eastern time, just like always. And um, thank you for hanging with me today. Thank you for being a part of all we're doing. We love you so very much. If you want to text me, shoot me a text. I'd love to hear from you. I want your prayer requests. I am praying for you. Till tomorrow morning, I love you. Have a great and a powerful day. And I'll talk to you soon. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.